and welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford, and joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Stu, how's Cyprus this week? It's, uh, it's, it's a bit wintry. Uh, we've had some rain. Uh, we've had a little bit of burr, and I say that very much as a comparative. Um, mm. Burr by our standards, not by yours. Um, but no, generally speaking, it's been nice. It's been sunny. Uh, I've had some nice days. Just a bit rainy today. What about Canada? I assume you're sort of below zero, covered in snow, freezing to death. We're doing pretty good on the snow front, actually. We've had a couple of snowfalls, woken up uh, to, you know, maybe an inch of snow, and then it's all sort of melted during the day. Oh, wow. Uh, Vancouver just got a atmospheric river. Um, oh. We got, uh, what was it, 50, 50 millimeters of rain in one day or something like that. A fair chunk of rain. Blimey. Um, and we got a little bit of it, um, you know, 10 minutes worth uh, that made it across the mountains. Mountains great, squeezes all the moisture out of stuff. Mm -hmm. So uh, unless it's really cold and wants to stay up there, um, we don't get so much rain, which is nice. Cool. But Christmas is coming. <clears throat> I know this because I got my 2023 recaps uh, and I've seen lots of references to it. The 2023 replay in Apple. Uh, did you get yours, uh, Apple Music, the recap of what you've been listening to this year? No. Oh. Well, in that case, it, the whole thing's a surprise for you. I was going to say, are there any surprises, Stu? Um, really? Well, nothing. I mean, I'm looking at it now just in case I've missed something obvious. But here we go. Oh, well, that's the album I was listening to. That's no good at all. Right. Here, oh, here, here we go. Where where would I see this on my Apple Music? Well, first off, they would have sent you an email with a link to where it tells you who your plays are and your top tens and all that nope. stuff. No, no. Uh, you nope. probably got that hay set up to delete it somewhere. <laughs> then um, on your playlists, you should have a playlist replay for every year since they've been doing this. So if you go into your playlists, you should see a bunch there. Doing this live, great, uh, great podcasting. It's, it's fantastic. Here we go, library playlists. Um, ACDC Essentials, no, that's probably not it. Um, Eros Ramazzotti, no, that's probably not it either. Uh, oh. Probably under R for replay. Isolation by Justin Twyford. You might have oh, heard of that one. That's damn good playlist. Uh, the, the short answer to this is no. All right. So Cyprus doesn't count. Um, it's it's a thing that Spotify started. I should be, I should be British, I would have thought, because I'd be, you know, UK. It's a UK um, Apple ID. But yeah, I, I guess I don't get one. <laughs> so tell me about it. Well, it's just interesting because uh, Spotify started this. I don't use Spotify because, well, I had so much music of my own built into the Apple library system that uh, I stayed with, Apple Music, after many, many years of avoiding it because of what it did to your personal libraries. Um, but anyway, I got, got to look at what I've listened to this year, how much I've listened to, what my top 10 were. Boy, oh boy. How do I say this without feeling old? Out of the top 10 bands, all apart from one, are bands that I've been listening to for 40 plus years. Some of them for 50 years, Stu. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm feeling pretty old at this whole thing. It's, um, yeah. The only new band in my top 10 is Otiken, which is a folk electronic band from 
Siberia. And uh, of course it is. Well, of course, you know. I mean, you know me. I listen to all the all the normal stuff. Um, disappointingly, there was no Taylor Swift anywhere in my playlist. Um, I'm such a disappointment to you. <laughs> and I was going to ask what you were listening to, but uh, this conversation went kind of nowhere. Listeners, what are you guys listening to? Are you stuck in the '80s like me, or um, you know, are you uh, a little more modern? Because, wow. I was surprised at just where my listening goes to. Uh, the reason for this whole conversation, though, which I thought was an interesting one, between Stu and me and just became a, uh, a soliloquy by me, uh, we got a, I got a message from a listener. Uh, Phil looks at things on Instagram. I think he's on Spotify, but Stationary Adjacent was listed as their most listened to show in 2023. How cool is that? Thank you, Phil. I, I mean, I, look, I mean, Phil is, is obviously a leader amongst men, um, or indeed amongst women too, probably. Uh, and he's, he's from Bristol, see? And so that's why he likes it. He's from Bristol. As in fact, well, I think you are, sort of. Uh, in-laws. <laughs> okay. My in-laws are from Bristol. Uh, well, I am. Which is as close as I get, uh, you know, a few drinks and uh, Bris the Bristol accent is still there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Splendid. All right, I was going to complain to Stu before the show, and he said I had to leave this for the show because uh, we were talking about a few things, uh, one of those being movies. And because we're talking media, we'll make this a media moment oh. for Justin to complain about stuff. Stu, you and I are both old enough to remember Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yes. Great movies, right? Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Second only to Star Wars have been sort of an anthem from our youth. Brilliant soundtracks, uh, iconic scenes. I mean, there's the there's the handgun and ah, oh, you know, he pull, pull, the guy does the knife thing and he pulls out the ah, oh, yeah, yeah, brilliant movies. The new one has finally come onto Disney Plus. Uh, yes, Harrison Ford is old, uh, so are we. Um, that's okay. Um, and we tried to watch it. I have come to the conclusion I am unable to watch a modern movie. Oh, the terrible cgi on it uh, they have digitally recreated a young harrison ford ah. the fact that this thing is it's like watching a pinball game action to action to action everybody's like spider-man uh, it's unbelievably unrealistic the pacing is designed i i need adderall for the pacing Stu. i just don't get movies. I, I, I get it. I'm not your target demographic anymore. <laughs> but this is an icon from my youth. This, to me, was as bad as when George Lucas came and screwed up Star Wars with the prequel trilogy. You just don't mess with things like that. Things that are so good. You've got Harrison Ford. You don't need all this CGI stuff. Oh, we got about 15, 20 minutes into it. And uh, my wife and I looked at each other and we both said, uh, we can't do it. We cannot do it. We we're going to sit down for a date night. We, I had some wine and now uh, we we're going to sit there and enjoy a movie together, which is something we rarely do. And now I know why, because modern movies suck. There, I said it. <laughs> Stu, prove to me I'm wrong. What modern movies are any good? Well, I don't know, to be honest. I mean... Last night, um, on our what, what we call our Bluebeard um, 
TV system, um, we saw, or I saw, Killers of the Flower Moon, um, which you may or may not have heard of. It's um, sort of Scorsese's first Apple exclusive, bloody blah, bloody blah thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, th- I don't think it's actually out on Apple TV yet. It is not. Uh, they're they're releasing it um, on sort of you know buy or or um, maybe even rent. I don't know. Um, and then they're putting it on Apple TV. But clearly, Bluebeard, the clue is in the name. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll have a look at that. Justin, it's three and a bit hours. Not another reason for people of our age not to watch a movie <laughs> like, or not to go to the theater for it because you're going to miss 10 minutes of it. Oh, certainly not. Exactly. I, mean, I was like, well, three and a bit. Oh, I don't know if I can commit to that at the moment. So um, I watched about five minutes of it just to see if it was going to um, intrigue me. And I think it, it looks pretty interesting. So I will watch it. Um, Almost certainly over three nights <laughs> once Mrs. L's gone to bed, I suspect. But there you are. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't. What have I been watching movie wise? Uh, I haven't really watched a decent movie for a while. I, I, the Elvis thing I liked this year. Was that this year? I think it was, yeah. Uh, the Elvis movie, that was pretty good. I didn't see that one. Um, and well, I can't think of any others. So clearly I didn't enjoy it that much. <laughs> uh, maybe you're right. Maybe we're old. I'm old and grumpy. All right, let's let's get on to something more positive. Okay, what you been up to this week? Uh well, I mean, I've been up to everything um, other than the thing I should be up to. Uh, so, uh, as we record, I'm about a month away from the deadline for fifteen thousand word business project. Um, I have done some work on it before anybody gets you know judgmental. Um, I've been doing lots of interviews of of subjects because this is a research project. I'll have you know. Um, I've been doing lots of reading because, uh, as Justin will know from his own experience, academic papers, you need to reference a lot of other academic papers. Um, This is a a convention. Um, I would argue that it's probably pretty much performative. But hey, uh, so I've been doing lots of that. Um, I've started doing some writing. I've done some outlining which I'm told is the best way to do all these things. Uh, so actually, I'm feeling pretty good about dissertation. I kind of know where I'm going with it. And uh, I suppose if you'd asked me two weeks ago, my fear would have been, where the heck am I going to find 15,000 words? Uh, whereas now it's going to be, how am I going to keep it down 15,000 words? So that's probably a good thing. Um, and once I get writing... 128 episodes of uh, Stacia Adjacent. I know you are not a man lost for words, Stu. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, when, once I get writing, it doesn't actually take me long to write 15,000 words. I can, um, whether they sort of make any sense or not, well, that's an editing process. So, um, but while I've been doing that, I've been doing all of the things that I always do when I'm under pressure for deadlines, and I always swear that I'm not going to do. So um, I decide that, that the secret to all of this is productivity. I've got to be productive. I've got to be switched on. I've got to, you know, apply myself. So. Uh, I promise myself there's going to be a load of things that I will do after the big thing. So once I finish the big thing, I will have a proper look at A, B, or C. And then I ignore myself and immediately jump down rabbit holes for A, B, and C. So task manager, mm-hmm. um, since we last spoke, I've changed changed task manager twice. Um, notes. So that uh, episode we had scheduled on your new task manager is out. Uh, the episode we're going to schedule on your new new task manager is in. 
it's it's a four hour episode. We'll do it over three nights, um, and well, it could be a six hour episode by the time we get to it. Um, Notes app, um, yep. I mean, you no, got rid of that. Silly. No, change. Do 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 a new thing or an old thing, an old new thing, a new old thing. Um, uh, passwords. I mean, clearly. I mean, how can you write a dissertation without having your passwords sorted out, Justin? Really? So uh, got properly into that, switched off all the Apple stuff so that my one password stuff would take over. Did all that, audit this, Watchtower. Oh, Watchtower, just it's so exciting. Tells you what your good passwords are, your bad passwords are, whether you've got your um, uh, pass keys, because obviously passwords are no good anymore. You're going to have pass keys. Uh, your two-factor ID or even multi-factor ID if you're really good at show. All of oh, there's hours of fun to be had in all that. Um, and all of it very successfully keeps you away from writing the bloody dissertation, which is what you're supposed to be doing. Um, so yes, the essay isn't yet written, but the office looks fantastic, and my desktop is is a wonder. It's beautiful. You've been um, putting that time-surfing book into action, haven't you, that you talked about a couple of weeks ago? Uh, in part, yes. Um, I've been uh, I've been looking at. I'm guessing that quite a lot of our listeners might have listened to Mac Power users. I'm sure you did um, last week. So um, Kurosh Dini, uh, don't go on his website for heaven's sake. Do not go there because there's loads of stuff that's going to uh, light you up if you're into um, sort of productivity. And I mean, he's a proper MD and everything. He knows what he's talking about. Um, Oh, what, is it? what is it? It's kuroshdini.com, and I will right now get a link before Justin even mentions it. Um, <laughs> That's okay. I haven't listened to it. I've uh, that has dropped off my listening. Uh, so oh, has it? Okay, all right. I got I got kind of people I don't know talking about things that mm. I don't necessarily care about. Every other episode, mm -hmm. kind of, I was like, okay, why am I listening to this habit? Yeah. Um. So yes, that disappeared. There is quite a lot of that. I would agree with your analysis. Um, I mean, coincidentally, I've just cancelled all of my um, uh, sort of paid subscriptions to to podcasts. Not not sort of cancelled, cancelled, I'm running away, but I've turned off the auto-renews um, on the basis that I want to be very intentional about where I put my money next year. I, I don't think it will be the same as where I put it this year. <laughs> um, I'm looking very hard at these uh, suppliers of movies and uh, trying to get rid of those. Running into that wonderful resistance called Mrs. T. Can I cancel this? Oh, yeah. no, but my show's on there. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I have to pay how much a month for you to watch one show? How often? I have to say that, that Mrs. L tends to say, oh, but I want to watch so-and-so. And I, I'm now, I've sort of, I've muscled, I'm training her muscle memory to use Bluebeard to find all these things um, so that I can just gradually go, actually, all the things from, insert name of movie service here, you watch you watch on Bluebeard, um, which, yeah, you know, get, hey, in terms of this Apple thing, is getting it faster than we would get it through Apple. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel your pain there. It is quite a tough sell, isn't it? Because, oh, I want to watch so-and-so, but you haven't watched it in months. Well. No, no, and I've paid for it every month in the meantime. Yeah, but it's it's not out. Yeah, there's two seasons out that you haven't watched. Oh, yeah, but it's a bit one. I'll, I'll watch it when it gets cold. Uh, okay, good. <clears throat> Hard to argue with my wife though. She's uh, been in, uh, well, lockdown for sort of over a week, uh, stuck in a bedroom with a TV, and that's about it. So um, yeah, sure. she's she's been binging a lot of stuff. I think. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. And in fairness, it's difficult to argue with your wife ever, um, I find. Uh, well, successfully, at least. So anyway, I've put a link in there. Uh, Kurosh Dini, um, he's, uh, he's a proper MD. Uh, he's into his productivity big style. Uh, he's got a big course uh, going. Uh, it's a lot of money. Um, but yeah, well, I'm a sucker for these things. Um, you always wonder why an MD, which as far as I know, stands for medical doctor, mm -hmm. is, well, wandering around... Uh, talking about his waves of focus and productivity and selling stuff and not actually helping people. He's a psychiatrist, Justin, you see, and he is helping people. He's just finding a new medium through which to do it. Like, come on, you can't you can't be the grumpy old man. He sits there, charges you 300 bucks an hour, daydreams about doing something else all day long. Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with that. I do that. Touche. All right. Anything else to do? uh what else what else what else oh yeah we got a lovely email from judith um who, who um a beautiful lyrical email she took us for a for a long walk through the woods um we went up around the church catholic uh and then back to the condo where the cats were waiting for dinner it was, it was a lovely little email she just i sort of i was there with her for a bit uh and she gave a shout out to a um a journaling book so it's a, it's kind of a um i suppose a textbook it gives prompts it gives instructions uh, it's called 40 days and 40 nights um by uh well, elena segalov which has got to be a great name um she she told us that it's really really good it's called what is it 40 days and 40 nights taking time out for self-discovery that's got a cool title anyway yeah, if you want to discover yourself, uh, go go and have a look at that book. Um, it sounds quite cool to me. And uh, also, good luck with those finals, Judith. I'm sure you'll smash it. Actually, this book's uh, quite uh, affordable too. Hmm. May not be uh, may not be in current uh, print run, but um, I'm just actually looking and buying it on Amazon as we speak. Ha! Okay. Well, well, there you go. All right. Just what I need. That time surfing book, by the way. Hmm. Uh, nobody told me it was a kids' book. With it. it it sort of comes in like a kid's book format, like it's wider than it is taller. Yeah, his, his diagrams and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he's got these wonderful little, um, how do I say it nicely, uh, illustrations. Mm -hmm. um, perfectly suited to, you know, something I would, I would buy for my uh, nine-year-old niece. Um, the language choices also are, uh, I think, translated probably from an original Danish uh, um, uh, and so are <laughs> I think I think he's Dutch in his defense begins with D anyway it's got that slightly translated feel to it sure could be. Um, where things are uh, very proper mm. but don't entirely flow if you know what I mean sure the the, the nuances of the English language uh, which I can't speak very well apparently is that you know things flow together they they Judith needs to rewrite this book to take us on that walk through the woods and, and around the church and back to the condo. And um, this one, I'm kind of stuck at the front gate reading the sign. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's it's interesting. That's all I'm saying, Stu. I'm still reading through it. Sure. But yeah, you never told me it was a kid's book. <laughs> I got the Kindle version, so I missed a lot of the signs, I guess. Mm. Oh, well. All right. What's your, what's your tool of the week this week, Stu? Uh, well, my tool of the week is uh, it's digital this week. Uh, it's a simplymeet.me. 
uh, which is a website. Um, it's a meeting scheduler. Uh, it's it's my favorite price. So it's free for individuals. Um, there are sort of, you know, professional levels and corporate levels and all that stuff beyond that. Uh, but it's just if you if you want to schedule meetings. So um, I connect it up to my calendar. I set up a meeting um, that I want people to, to go for. So uh, in this case, it was uh, MBA research. And I then sent uh, the link out to a load of people that I wanted to uh, to meet, and they were able to log on, select times that suited them, um, pick one of those times, and then they would get a calendar invite with all the Zoom details. I would get a calendar invite with all the Zoom details, and it's coordinated with my calendar, so it's checked when I'm available, etc. Um, and I haven't used it a lot. Um, but it's worked absolutely flawlessly. It's set up uh, 14 meetings for me. No problems at all. All right. And for the price, you cannot go wrong. Exactly. Does it work with iCal? I yes. did not see that listed on the calendar integrations when I was looking at it. Yep. It works with, um, I, th I think it's, what, what is it? Is it um, iDAV or something? Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it asks me which of my cans, because I use multiple, I'm sure you do too, multiple uh, calendars. It asks me which one's it should consider. Um, so, you know, obviously I have my wife's calendar on, on my, my apps, but it doesn't need to consider that type of thing. So I just ticked the ones I wanted it to consider and uh, yep, worked perfectly. Very cool. I might actually give it a try. I was uh, waiting to hear from you. Mm. Then again, do I really want to talk to anybody? <laughs> it's much easier to, you know, maybe, maybe go through that little dance of, uh, you know, um, can you just send it in an email? It's easier. I don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> I can't work out whether you're just actually a, a, a sulky millennial or a grumpy old man or some curious blend of both. I, I mean, one thing I would say. I, I'm a grumpy old man that identifies as a sulky millennium. There you go. You, well, you've got the lingo down, Pat. Um, one thing I would, I would say is that, yeah, the, the concept and the anticipation of meetings is it fills me with dread mostly. Um, and yet, when I have them, I have to say how much I enjoy them, uh, how nice it was to connect to people. I got to speak to a really diverse bunch of people. I mean, they were all centered around uh, one industry, so they're not that diverse in that respect. But I spoke to, um, I spoke to a woman in Illinois um, who's you know, got a whole host of experience in, in the sort of subject that I'm looking at, and it was fascinating talking to her and just getting a little insight into you know, the goings-on in the United States of uh, at the moment. And then I spoke to a bunch of people in the UK who we got onto subjects that I, you know, once I'd asked sort of my key MBA questions, got onto some other subjects and I just discovered things that uh, I really didn't uh, expect to. And also I got, you know, meetings out of meetings where, oh, you should talk to so-and-so because, you know, he's, uh, I got a meeting now with the biggest player in the industry that I'm studying, which is, is also an industry that I serve commercially so uh you know they, they, it's good to talk justin as bob hoskins would say mm, if you say so <laughs> i was i was on a uh, uh, year end up here means that i have to do some registered professional development hours sure and i have to report them and i have to do a certain amount and all that you know normal stuff if you have a if you have a professional designation you guys all know this stuff yeah yeah um so I have been in a program for the last couple of mornings uh, with a presenter that potentially has 
the worst vocal fry that I have listened to. And I, any, any listeners that have listened to this for a while know my feeling on vocal fry. Um, I was, I, it was sitting here trying to get through this because I need the hours. Don't forget there's, I've invested money in this to, uh, complete this and get the hours. Um, and I'm watching somebody speak with nails on chalkboards. <laughs> this is why I don't do meat and stew. This is why the whole reason right there, vocal fry. It's an affectation by the younger people. Uh, because I think the Kardashians started it or something. I don't know, but it is the worst vocal trait for a meeting that one has coming out of speakers. Ugh, you cannot get away from it. Oof. <laughs> well, there you are. Vocal fry, everybody. Justin's favorite thing. Justin woke up on the wrong side of the camper this morning. He's grumpy. <laughs> All right, uh, my tool. Okay, I'm going Jeez, this is gonna be again more grump. Um, I'm gonna go back to. Well, I'm gonna be very 2021, and I'm gonna actually plug vaccinations and boosters. Um, I probably like a lot of people out there have started to doubt the hype and messaging on the media, the medical reporting here in Canada, which has become so politicized from both sides um trying to figure out where i sit on it um is frustrating uh, i just uh, i find both sides of er everything is becoming so polarized up here um i think the the u.s sort of sides uh, are moving north um, you know where the political has been crazy for a number of years mm -hmm. uh, it's starting to affect our media as well up here and uh, I'm just really having a hard time deciding what I was going to do so I was seriously considering you know what I'm done with this whole thing I'm not getting another booster uh, my doctor however does recommend because of who I am I'm my medical history that I get the yearly flu shot. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've managed to get both that and a booster together. And I'm going to say that they still work. Um, I've had two confirmed COVID exposures this year, including living in and been in the same bed as one of them. Um, and I've still managed to avoid it. Is it luck? Is it the booster? Is it natural immunity? Is it my dashing good looks i don't know um but seeing how sick people still got around me uh, even with everything in their favor um, i recommend you know putting all of the odds in your favor if you can you know if there's a reason you don't i get it uh, i'm kind of up there as well but you know I've, I've avoided this stuff and again it could be luck it could be so many different things but uh, putting one more checklist in your box of how how this thing might avoid you and or not be as bad if you do get it. I think it still has, despite all the press, some advantage. For sure. I mean, I, I, I've had both too. Um, I mean, I've got a couple of reasons for that. One is that um, my wife tells me I have to have. Uh, and in sort of the most basic terms, I'm frightened of my wife. And... Uh, the second one is that I'm uh, a student of history might be overstating it, but I do have an interest in history. And 
uh, influenza in 1918 killed more people than the First World War did in 1914, 15, 16, 17, and 18 combined. It went through the population of Europe like a hot knife through butter. Um, we have been very fortunate, I think, you know, people of our age and you guys listening who I imagine are younger um, and haven't really had a big nasty flu. All that means is that we're due one. <laughs> when it comes, it kills people. I think we um, just had it, Stu. <laughs> so I know that's a different thing. <laughs> I think you'll find it's a different thing. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you know it's a scary thing, and I, um, I'm not aware of any real science that indicates that the um, the jabs do you any harm. Um, I've I've heard people talking about how they they don't help and blah, fine. But I'm with Justin. Um, if it's not going to hurt me, um, doesn't really cost very much. Uh, yeah, why not? I'll take it. Belt, belt and braces insure me everywhere. Um, and yeah, I had one in one arm and one in the other. Uh, oh, several weeks ago. Uh, and yeah, touch wood. All of the bugs and nastiness that uh, Mrs. Lennon brings back from the school. So far, I am fighting them off. It's always a good thing, Stu. Always a good thing. All right, let's get into something positive. What are you writing with this week? Uh, what am I writing? Oh, I'm having fun because I'm doing lots of work on the, um, well, on everything, really. Um, sometimes the decision, but pretty much everything else. Uh, I'm going through through ink, um, left, right, and center. So I've changed out a couple of pens this week. Your new uh, Montegrappa Gladiator? <laughs> no um I, I do have my little cult pens mini vac that's still going because it has an enormous ink reservoir uh so that's got the uh what's got that's called it's got chopin by diamine and it's sort of gray uh and then the new pens for this week so the mont blanc is out and the what was the other one the pelican i think um so now i've got uh the faber castell emotion uh the the black croco um it's a very nice pen actually it's it's a it's quite fat sort of cigar shape with some modern styling um not not hugely expensive these aren't sort of silly 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 prices um and i've got some mont blanc in there i've got the midnight blue so my sort of grown-up mont blanc uh the blue black mm, lovely uh, yeah writing very nicely lovely as you might expect uh, and then just just today, before we started recording, um, I pulled out my Platinum 3776. I've got the Chartres Blue one with a silver trim. And I filled that with Modena Red, or Modena Red, if you want to get Italian about the whole thing, uh, from Mont Blanc. Uh, that's a sort of nice, bright red. It's Ferrari Red, pretty much. I was going to say, it's one of the few words in uh, Italian I know, uh, because it is a the home a Ferrari. Correct. That's it. Um, and they have a racetrack there. And, you know, it's, it's, it intersects with my very limited world. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one, one uh, note on the show notes, the ink um, links are to FPC. And I don't think we've really ever spoken about FPC. Uh, Fountain Pen Companion, um, which is a, a fantastic resource on the internet um, where you can uh, just keep a track of all your inks. I really have a look. It's uh, designed, set up, and run by um, 
Urban Hafner, who's an absolutely charming fellow. And go and have a look. So fountainpencompanion.com or just click on one of the ink links uh, for my pens and you will be dragged. <laughs> you'll be dragged to the site where, believe me, you can spend many, many happy hours checking out pretty much every ink under the sun. Lots and lots of inks. Um, do you track your inks, Stu? I'm just curious. Have you set up an account with your Mont Blanc and put that in there? I am a member of FPC. Uh, I have to say, I sort of run hot and cold. So I'll be there sort of very, very carefully keeping everything up to date. And then I'll disappear for months and not do anything. Um, and that's where I am now. But now that you've mentioned it, and I've still got a dissertation to do, I'm fairly certain that tomorrow I'll be there on there for several hours keeping everything up to date. <laughs> quite possibly yes cool yeah it's a it's a cool cool thing um i do the show notes and i'm uh, fundamentally lazy so generally i google it and i find the most um interesting link uh that i can that looks nice and not to somebody that's generally selling unless it's somebody that we believe um is going to provide good service quite often it's to the more popular blogs because they have good coverage and so those are the links you generally see but uh yeah it's not one that uh, normally comes up in my first uh, page of google results and it should because it's it's good yeah it's a really cool site um and it's you know if you're into stationery then you're into being organized and you know this this stuff will appeal to you naturally i think yeah i don't know too much organization Stu. i i need a, i need a new checklist for that <laughs> exactly all right our topic this week uh live in the present the future is not guaranteed uh Stu, do you want to give us a little walk-in of how we got to this this thought experiment uh well yeah i suppose there's there's two ways that i come at this one is i'm uh i'm a stoic or i certainly endeavor to be a stoic uh and this is a fairly stoic um concept so it is said that the great Roman Caesars or even generals, um, when they were being fated and they were returning to Rome after a victory, a big battle, um, there would be, um, I guess, a non-commissioned officer would, would be tasked with being behind the general. And while he was taking the applause and the cheers of the plebs, um, and I use that word because it's the correct word. Go look it up. Um, he would whisper in the ear of the general, uh, memento mori, which means remember death. And that's sort of one area that I approach it from. And probably that comes from the fact that my dad died at the ripe old age of 59 years. Um, and he'd uh, very memorably at his sort of passing out dinner uh, when he was leaving the Royal Air Force at the age of 55, he said in a speech that if he got five years in his lovely new house with his lovely wife uh, up in the hills of Cyprus, he would be, be a happy man. And he got about four and a half. Oh. And I, it struck me, it hit me very, very hard because my, both my mother and father worked extremely hard all their lives. Um, and they followed the sort of, the described model, which is get your head down, work really, really hard, save, don't spend too much. Uh, and then when you finish working, 
You can go and live where you want to do. You can retire somewhere nice and you can do all those things that you want to do and it'll be fabulous and you'll have a great retirement. Um, and that's what he did and then he died. Um, and I looked at that and thought, that's a really not a good idea. That is not a great way uh, to live. So the, the thought experiment that I try and run on myself every now and again is, uh, I say, okay, so I'm now 53. Um, if I'm to live the same age as my, my dad, then in six years or so, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. So what am I doing to make sure that I'm enjoying those six years? That's the kind of question that I ask is, um, what should I be doing with myself? Or what should I not be doing with myself? How should I ensure that I live in the present? Because the older you get, kids, <laughs> he said in his most patronizing tone, the more you will realize this is true. Um, both Justin and I are at the age now where every now and again, we hear of a family member or someone we worked with or a friend who just died. Boom, out of nowhere. Um, people that we were very familiar to us in TV and uh, growing up are dying. Politicians that we thought would live forever uh, are dying. And mortality becomes more and more apparent, I guess, as you get closer to it. Um, I'm not worried about dying. I am a little bit concerned about um, dying, not having done the things that I wanted to do. So my question to everyone was, what advice should we give ourselves and each other to ensure that we're getting the most from the present? Oh, deep, deep questions here this morning. Oh, yeah. Or this afternoon, if you're on stews sometime. Uh, it's all happening. I'm, I'm tempted to get a bottle of scotch out and, you know, we can solve this. I can solve everything after a bottle of scotch. Oh, I've, I've got some right next door. Um, yeah, I could start anytime. It's, it's <laughs> noon somewhere. Yeah, it's after five o'clock somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a, a good question. Um, I guess I would start with the question just for everybody. I mean, I maybe I should talk about my background a little bit. I've uh, approached this very similar to Stu. Uh, and I'm sure we've talked about it in the past. Um, I think we were talking about, uh, what was that, 4,000 weeks or something, Stu? Yep. Where we talked about it and I kind of got nothing out of the book that mm -hmm. you and TJ really, uh, it hit you hard, uh, partially because of the way I run my life at the moment. Um, I've run into mortality several times in my life and that certainly um, has reflected my attitude towards life. You know, my, my thought experiment is, you know, imagine that you're rushed into surgery. You may make it or not as you're lying there on the hospital bed. What regrets would you have? Can you go peacefully to your surgery? If you can, you're living your life well. And that's, um, you know, there was a family member back in my 20s that uh, was rushed into hospital and uh, the doctor came out and basically said well if they live through the night they should make it which um, at that early age does kind of give you that uh, mortality check for you to think about this so i really try to live my life that if i end up on that uh, that that hospital bed tomorrow waiting for surgery 
would I have any regrets? Um, so that's kind of been my approach for it. And uh, I, I can honestly say that there's not much on my things I would like to do um, in terms of experiences and whatever else that I put off until I retire with this in mind that I don't want to be on that bed thinking, oh, I should have worked less. I should have, I should have taken this trip. I should have seen this. I should have seen that. Um, there's a degree of reality that comes with that. There is dream casting. Sure. I'd like to have a full head of hair and go to the moon, uh, go to Mars with Elon Musk or something weird like that. But the reality is given the, the situation that I am, am I making the most of it, which may be a little bit different way to look at it than just looking and saying, you know, what, what advice should I be giving myself? Because you can't go back and redo the last 30 years of adulthood. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think, um, it, it's easy to get caught up in this and you can, um, well, as you say, the, the, 4,000 weeks or as another one die, dying with zero. Um, you can, you can turn this into a science and try and get your spreadsheets out. But ultimately what you're trying to do is predict when you're going to die, which a is not that much fun and B, um, largely completely pointless. You know, the, the, the truism is you could in fact get hit by a bus tomorrow. Um, we don't have buses out here. So, right. uh, if I lived in a town with buses, uh, out here, it would be a tractor or, uh, you know, a truck yeah. going back with logs on it or something like that. Equally painful. I would suspect. I get the point. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> clarifying for our, for our listeners. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, the, the thing that I, and this applies in lots of different ways, actually, is that learn to, to, to think critically and to challenge, um, received wisdom. So certainly what my dad was doing was um, was sort of almost without thought following a, a course that had been mapped out, which was, you know, you work and you work and you work, and then when you stop, you can have fun. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's not true anymore. I don't think that is the sensible way to, to live. And there's lots of research that shows that fewer people are doing it, which is great. Um, but certainly when I was growing up, uh, in in the UK, um, it was you know university was something to strive for. You know, get yourself into university, get yourself a proper education, then you will get a good job. Um, and I was um, growing up at a time when university education in the UK was free. Um, you could get um, you actually got a grant. You were given the money to help with your living costs while you were studying. Um, and I was at the time when it was just transitioning to, they made that a loan that you could borrow some money, which you would then pay back from your high paying job. Um, the situation now is that you university, you have to pay fees. Um, you can get a loan to pay those fees and you can get a loan to pay your, your living costs. So, uh, there's an attempt to make university accessible to all. But the reality is that people are coming out of university with you know, 50, 60, 70,000 pounds, that's $100,000 worth of debt. Um, and finding themselves in jobs that are not actually offering that much of a premium over what they would be earning had they not gone to university. So they've bought themselves into a, you know, $100,000 worth of debt sort of scam, really. Um, 
And certainly in in the UK now, there's there's a lot of people that go to university that I suspect probably didn't necessarily make an intentional decision to do so. They just, you know, flew off the end of a, a conveyor belt, much like I did. Um, I, mean, I I rebelled and took um, a couple of years off working before I then chose to go back to university, um, and then didn't actually finish. <laughs> so I went back to work. But anyway, at least there was some intention there. Um, again, the UK, I grew up in, in Thatcher's Britain. So um, the, the target in life was to buy a house, own your own property. That was the dream. That was the, the big thing to do. My parents did it. Um, and you know, the first thing you would try and do once you got a, got a proper job would be get yourself a massive, massive lump of debt so that you could buy some bricks. Um, and it worked out very well. I mean, property in the UK has been the best performing asset over the last 40, 50 years. Um, but now entry into the property market, certainly in parts of the UK, is all but impossible. You have to borrow so much money that you have to be on the sort of job that you are not going to have at the age of 25. Uh, you do not earn enough to borrow sufficiently to buy a property. Uh, and so young people are having to borrow from family, borrow from this bank, borrow, borrow from that bank, and putting themselves in this huge sort of debt trap um, in order to own a house. And again, if you look at that critically now, if I, if I had a young person in my family growing through, you know, would I lend them money? No. <laughs> I'd sit down and say to them, don't buy a house. Ah, oh, certainly not in the UK. I have a young person in my house, um, and and I have a feeling that some nights she just comes and stands by the bed waiting for me to stop breathing, <laughs> because that's about the only way she's getting the house. Sure. Um, yeah, it's the same problem up here. Yeah. Things are absolutely ridiculous. People are working their well best paying jobs that they can get, and uh, you know fifty percent of their their paycheck is going to a mortgage or you know a, a mortgage on a small little room in an office tower with no with with no land whatsoever sure um you know the condo market is where everybody has to start you're dealing with well, it's a set of flats i think in your english term um but not somewhere you really want to buy because you're dealing with you know all those kids that uh couldn't get elected to student council. Uh, well, as soon as they get older, they buy into condos and they sit on the council uh, and they have power now. Oof. <laughs> Boy, do they have power. And if you buy in one of their towns or towers and you are not part of that group, you have to abide by their rules. So yeah, um, I, I'm kind of, I kind of the same thing, but the question is, where do you live those two? Sure. Uh, because rents out here, are as stupidly high mm -hmm. as as um, a mortgage payment. You know, if you live downtown Vancouver here, you're paying fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month mm -hmm. after tax income because Canada got to pay for that medical somehow. We get taxed up the yin yang. Um, it's very very expensive. You know, I know people that are living in bachelor flats with. Um, roommates sure you know because that's the only way they can 
afford to perhaps have a part-time job and go to university part-time to get that education and things like that. It's a really, really, really tough situation for anybody. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, out of London, you're paying uh, $1,500 for, for a, a, a tiny apartment. Uh, minimum. I mean, you could be paying a lot more. Central London, you're not, you're not going to get anything for, for less than 4000 sterling. Uh, and like, like you said, that's after tax. Um, so so y- young people are not earning that money. No employer that I know of, and I lo- know loads of people who work in the cities, you're not paying 22-year-olds that sort of money. You don't have to. So the, the whole thing is us unsustainable and it's going to go horribly wrong. But um, renting is the lesser of two evils in, uh, in the UK at the moment. But yeah, how that's going to develop. I mean, I, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but I think the, the critical thing for me is that critical thinking. Ask, okay, why do I need to buy a house? Yeah, good question. Uh, you know, why, why do I need to stay in a job? Why do I need to, you know, go for a career? Um, there are certainly, you know, plenty of, plenty of people in London who make uh, really good money being plumbers. Lots more money than perhaps people trying to climb up a slippery corporate ladder. Um, and it, it's always worth challenging these things, particularly if you're good at plumbing, <laughs> if you see what I mean. Um, I, I think all of the sort of uh, preconceived ideas one should question them um, because that if you think about the whole work, 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 retire, enjoy yourself equation, um, I mean, it's nonsense from the start. So, you know, I take the time to play golf now and I'm going to be better at golf at the age of 50 than I am at the age of 70. If you want to go on action holidays, you want to go climbing in Colorado, probably best to do it before you get to 65 you know just a thought i'm guessing that most 30 year olds are going to be more capable climbers than most 65 year olds i'm not saying that's always true but there are activities and things that probably suit a certain age better than another it it just doesn't make sense to say work 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 stop fun balance and I think people are doing it. I think you see people taking more sabbaticals now. I see people taking career breaks. There's that wonderful phrase, the digital nomad, which I'm slightly, slightly concerned about some of that. But I think that's a better way of looking at life. Certainly the Danish, um, they suggest, and the Swedes, I think, suggest that you should look at having seven careers now. Um, you know, take each one as a mini one and then take a year off and two years off and go do something else. And, you know, tick all those boxes, find all the things that make you feel good and, you know, finance your life and, and find a way to balance them. Do you have any big dreams, you know, that you're sitting on and probably should do, you know, uh, that you want to do while, while you're still young mm-hmm. or that you would recommend people do instead of working a nine to five? Well, I mean, five years ago was was the one for me that I um, I had to push quite hard to Mrs. L and say, um, I don't want to live in the UK anymore. Now, okay, I'd sold a business, so I had a degree of flexibility in the, you know, there was some money in the bank. 
and I wasn't intending on going into a nine to five position. That's a very privileged and lucky position to be in. Um, but it was also, it was a challenge to Mrs. L who, who did have a job that she quite enjoyed. Um, and it was like, okay, I want you to, you know, let's go and live in Cyprus. And it was really scary for her. It was difficult. She didn't want to do it. Um, she didn't like Cyprus. <laughs> She'd been here on holiday. Um, and you know, she had, she had a life that she felt really comfortable with. Um, I might say in brackets, and she's quite resistant to change, but I wouldn't say in earshot. Um, and, you know, we eventually sort of came to a compromise deal where she said, okay, I'm going to take a sabbatical from work. And they gave her nine months off. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll do it as an experiment type thing. And that was a, that was a big step because um, I wasn't quite sure what it was going to do to my earning potential. Um, we didn't really expect uh, her to be able to work. Um, and I, in my mind, knew that nine months wasn't enough, but I thought, okay, well, it's a start. And, you know, things, things worked out for us. So we were able to make that change. And um, there's been a change in mindset to the extent that, um, you know, we're probably looking to move again. Not, not right now. But um, at some point soon, next few years, I'd say, um, we'll, we'll change country again. And that's something that I think, you know, being in a, a, a relationship, in a partnership, impacts this. So, um, you know, you ask if I uh, have dreams. Um, everybody knows, or everybody that's listened knows that I, I'm a big fan of Caminos. I love taking these walking trips. Um, and I'd love to do... Uh, Camino sort of in one hit so I would like to sort of you know start in London and walk to Rome that sort of thing would would really appeal to me it would take months I mean I'd like to walk um, you know across Asia um, just because I find the whole thing so so rewarding and fascinating and interesting I'm not well I'm 100% certain that my wife would not like the idea of me disappearing for months on end um, to to go walking and and you know, have that solitude. So th there's a cost to me taking a stroll across China, and I'm not sure whether I want to pay that cost. And so there is always, I think, a degree of compromise when you're, you're within partnerships. And I think the other thing that, that you have to remember, or that I am discovering, is that, um, and it sounds really trite, um, I'm tempted to put on one of my really bad American accents because it just sounds very American to me, but that working out what things are important, working out um, what things you remember. And I'm someone who's you know, spent his life chasing Michelin-style restaurants, drinking superb wine, um, eating fantastic food. And yet the things I remember are the, the look on my wife's face when uh, we had a picnic on the beach or when we just had a funny day walking around Rome, eating an ice cream. The gourmet dinners, the, the red wine, I couldn't tell you what I ate. I couldn't tell you which wine I drank. They're, they're fairly meaningless. It's those little, um, little moments, the things that actually stick in your mind and think, wow, do you know what? Life isn't bad. Um, and it's, it's kind of optimizing to create those. So for me, what that, that generally means is stop being so um, inflexible for me. Um, the, what I've written is that 
life is is the interruptions actually you know i'm sure everybody has got times when they're working uh, either at home or in the office or they've got to get something done you've got to do your tax return and you know your your significant other or your kids or your friends or somebody in your family is interrupting and you're like oh god leave me alone i need to get this done do you know what no you don't you need to speak to your kids or your significant other your family member and then you need to get back and do the thing you're doing. It's the interruptions that are important. And I'm terrible at this because I've, you know, I've, I've got a little office. The, well, Justin as well. <laughs> Both got offices, uh, you know, in our little part of the house where we can go and close the doors and, you know, sink into whatever work, hobby, pastime uh, we want and, and just make the rest of the world go away. And it's, you know, it's a dangerous thing because they, you get to realize it's the rest of the world that actually you want. So I think working that stuff out is important. I would love to go walking across China, but I would not like to leave my wife for several months because I would miss all of those moments. And I would lose the opportunity to invest my time in making her smile, whatever that might be, because those are the things that make me feel the best. And so realizing that makes me sit down and go, okay, what I need to work on. And, you know, whew, that's a long list. But I suppose the message I'm saying is remember, it's the interruption. The interruptions are where life is. It's a little bit of a callback to last week where my tool of the week was priority and mm. taking care of family when they needed it. Absolutely. I think that dovetails very well into this, that, uh, yeah, when you're, when you're not busy, um, you can do all this other stuff, but really it's a sense of, I'm going to, I got to say it just to annoy Stu, but getting your priorities, right. Figuring out where you want to spend the time, mm. making sure every day you give your special people in your life, whether it's your spouse or your children or your parents, even. If you're one of those weird people that have parents that you like, um, you know, give them a hug, um, talk to them, spend time with them, make those special moments because, well, you know, most of you that are longtime listeners know that a couple of years ago, we went through some stuff here that, um, you know, that may or may not have, have been possible in the future. You know, we, we go one day at a time and we just make everything the best that it can be. Uh, and I think that approach is exactly what Stu's kind of getting at here is, you know, live in the present. Uh, don't put off things that are important. Uh, and what is important isn't necessarily the the big dreams. You know, the I want to do, you know, that the weekend warrior thing. Uh, I'm going to go away and I'm going to have two good weeks a year where I go to a beach in a tropical place and... I party and I have fun and I make memories. And then the rest of the time I'm miserable because I'm stuck in an office and I hate what I do, but I need it to pay for those two weeks. <laughs> it's all about taking those moments as you can get them, making those moments rather than just taking those moments, make those moments, make them special Sure. because it's amazing. As Stu said, those are the moments that you're going to remember. Not necessarily what resort in Hawaii you stayed at, <laughs> but who you were there, how you felt. And, you know, you can get that from, 
I can get that from just having a wonderful breakfast with my wife in the outdoors. Sure. I don't need all of the accoutrements that go with it to make that moment special. And that's just me. You know, everybody has their own thing, but I think Stu and I are coming at this from weirdly the same place. Uh, maybe it's an age thing, Stu. I don't know. What do you think? I think I think definitely mortality creeps ever closer and and inevitably you think about these things. Well, right, well certainly I find that. Um, and, you know, my um, I've lost my father. My mother is um, soon to turn 80. Um, she's not well. Um, so, yeah, these things do, do happen. I've lost... Uh, you know, uncles, aunts, everybody at my age, the generation above me is going. And I suppose that means I'm next. Well, in the normal run of things, he said, tapping wood there. I'm going to give you uh, the the stoic uh, version of this. I won't do it in the original Greek because that would obviously be too confusing for most people. And I couldn't pronounce it anyway. Um, But think of the life you have lived until now as over. And as a dead man, see what's left as a bonus and live it according to nature. Love the hand that fate deals you and play it as your own for what could be more fitting. And that was Marcus Aurelius, um, who I always do this and people hate it, but it is the Roman emperor at the start of the gladiator movie. The really nice one. That was him, Marcus Aurelius. Um, and that's that translation is by um, Stephen Hanselman. Um, and I, I guess Ryan Holiday had something to do with it as well, but Stephen Hanselman, I think, is the linguist. Um, and it's from the Daily Stoic, which is a book I heartily recommend. It's a little, a little meditation for every day of the year. Very good. Hmm. And on that bombshell, what are your <laughs> takeaways this week? Uh, well, because I've been so sort of, you know, um, vulnerable and trite all the way through, I thought I would just, just leave you with uh, something from Billy Connolly, a personal hero of mine, who said, Never trust a man whom left on his own in a room with a tea cosy does not try it on as a hat. You can't do a Billy Connolly in your normal voice. It's just not. <laughs> well, I can't do it in Glaswegian. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm trying to, I'm, my mind's already going, never trust a man. <laughs> never trust a man whom left on his own in a room with a tea cosy doesn't he try it on as a hat. There we go. I can believe that has been Billy Connolly. Oh, smart. I think we don't have any tea cozies around. <laughs> but it's true. If you ever go into a room with a tea cozy, you, you look at it and think, I wonder what, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I've done it. Before I ever heard that line, I've done it, which is probably why it made me laugh so much. Anyway. <laughs> what about you? Mine is really simple, as uh, Nike says. Just do it. Don't put it off. Good. Go do it. A Greek god to finish. Oh, I'm impressed. I was going with a running shoe, but we can go with Greek god. <laughs> Stu, where could people find you on the internet this week? Uh, well, I've been a bit quiet. Um, I've got a couple of ideas of things to write, but um, yeah, stuartlennon.com is where you'll find uh, my writing, although not this week's thus far. Uh, I'm on X um, with a weird name, at 4left187. Um, you can find my business stuff at limeconsulting.com or if you're into some really cool stationery, try nerosnotes.co.uk and all of the socials for all of those things. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find links to what I do, justintwyford.com. 
generally pretty quiet apart from doing this podcast on the interwebs at the moment. Um, please take a moment, like and review us on your podcast catcher of choice. We really do appreciate your recommendations to your friends and colleagues. If you want to send us a fantastically descriptive email or just a regular one, please drop us a line, stationaryjacent gmail.com. Our next topic, because geez, Christmas is coming up quick. Holiday traditions. Which do we follow and why? I think it'd be a good one. Mm. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us.